Hello and welcome to the MGMA podcast. I'm Daniel Williams, Senior Editor at MGMA, and thank you for listening. Today, I'm speaking with Amanda Augustine, Career Advice Expert at Top Resume. We'll be discussing the topic of the phone interview when looking for a new job. Amanda and I will be discussing the best practices for before, during, and after the phone interview. Well, Amanda, thanks so much for joining us today. As we get into what people can do as far as kind of nailing the phone interview, as they're leading up to it, how can someone best prepare for that phone interview for a new job? I think that's a great question, Daniel, and thanks for having me. When you're preparing for a phone interview, I think one of the most important things to keep in mind is that you need to treat it as if it was a face-to-face interview. Think because you're not in front of the person when you're on the phone, you may think you don't necessarily need to go through all the motions. It may not seem as important or hold as much weight, but it does. It is typically the entry point to getting to a face-to-face interview or a video interview, depending on your location. And so the best thing to do is treat it like a regular interview and prepare as you would for one of those. And of course, we can go into all of those different pieces. Um, When it comes to preparing for an interview, I think there are a few different things you want to keep in mind. You want to take a second look at that job description, kind of run through it, compare it to your resume, and think about what are the qualifications they seem to care the most about based on that job description, and how do you meet those requirements? Because you know that's the information you want to work into your interview responses. Explaining to someone how and why you're qualified to not only do this job, but why you'd be excited to do this job, and why you'd be um, a valuable contribution to their team. And then I think the other part is also uh, researching the company a little bit. Um, Most phone interviews, you know who the company is. Sometimes you don't. But if you know who that company is, you have no excuse for not knowing something about them. Everybody these days can pretty much hop on Google and with a few keystrokes get to a piece of information. Um, Go to Google News Alerts and look up the company. But just get a sense of what are they doing, what are they up to. Um, Look at their mission statement. I think it's important to understand what do they seem to value because you're always trying to look for ways where you can show how you're well aligned with the organization. I think it's important whenever you're interviewing, whether it's a phone interview or face-to-face, that you remember that it's a two-way street. Yeah, the phone screen's kind of that initial, let's just get to know each other, do you meet the basic requirements so we can move on? But you also want to be cognizant of you're not only being interviewed for this position, you're interviewing this company as your prospective employer. So you do want to take a look at their site and get a sense, take a look at them on Glassdoor, on Vault. You want to um, talk to anybody you know who has current or who has previously or who is currently working at the company to get a sense of what they're like and maybe what their hiring process is like so that you can also make an assessment about them. The third thing I think Mm -hmm. you need to research is um, what's the going rate, the the market rate for the pay for that job. Okay. Um, Because even in the phone screen, they start asking you, what are you looking to make? And you need to have a sense of what's the average range for that role given the location, the industry, and the company size so you can intelligently answer that question with confidence. Right. Now, as you know, we're in a historically tight job market. So with that said, 
most people that are going to be out there looking most likely already have a job because there's the unemployment rate is just so low right now. So time is of the essence. People don't have just time to sit around and prepare for this. So with that, to be the most efficient, when someone is preparing for uh, that job interview, how much, how do they balance spending time researching the company versus refining, you know, their, their story? The good part is that if you are in job search mode, the refining your story, hopefully you've already done a little work on that. You know, you have a sense if you've updated your resume and these people have found you and they're contacting you, that's a good thing. That means whatever you put out there that they saw, they already like. So keep that in mind. However you've been positioning yourself, they seemed interested in that. So I think it's really about... If you're going to take your time, I don't think on a phone interview, you have to go super, super deep into the company yet. It's nice to, I recommend because time is of the essence and everyone's busy, set up a Google News Alert. You can basically run a, you can, you can Google Google News Alert and it will help you. Or if you run a search for the company's name, click so that you're looking at news, you can then set up a news alert. It will send you notifications. So you're not sitting there pouring over things or getting stuck in a rabbit hole. You'll actually get notifications when something pops up about the company so that you can read it from your phone while you're commuting or during a lunch break or in the morning or in the evening. I think it's more important to take a closer look at that job description, understand what are those core requirements and how do you meet them and be prepared to talk about what you've done that demonstrates that you possess those skills. It's all about showing proof of your skills, not just saying, I'm a great leader. I have, I'm, I'm great with people. Right. They wanna right. know, okay, well, how do you do those things? So think about those stories. And because the salary requirement seems to be a pretty standard question these days in phone screens, which I know can seem really unfair, but honestly, from the recruiter or the employer's perspective, they're thinking, hey, if you're looking for 200K and my budget's 120, it's probably not going to work. I don't want to waste either person's time. Mm -hmm. So that's why they're always asking. They want to try and figure out, are you, are you within my budget? Um, and so it's really important to do the research and understand what's kind of the going rate for that role so that you can then answer that question and know that you're not necessarily taking yourself out of the running. Okay. Now, most of the interviews, most of them are going to happen during business work hours let's say someone does have a current job, they want to remain professional uh, at their current job. How do you recommend people handle that uh, when they do have that job interview over the phone that's at 9.30 in the morning or 2.30 in the afternoon? Uh, how should they schedule that with their bosses or someone it's else? It's challenging. If, if, you're, if you're looking for a job while employed and you don't want the rest of the world to know you're looking for a job, it does get a little tricky. There are a couple different ways you can go about it. If you have the luxury of having a number of these phone interviews coming up and you can schedule them all for the same day, I'd say take a half day off. Take take a you know full day off and try and get them all done. Now, I know that's not necessarily realistic, nor do, do most people have 
five of these that they're trying to schedule at once. I think the best is know what you have, what flexibility you have in your schedule. Can you take a longer lunch on this day versus that day? Could you step out? Most phone interviews last no longer than 30 minutes max. So would you be able to schedule your lunch or, you know, come in a little late or leave a little early on a day and just say you have an appointment? Nothing less. Understand what are the where is the flexibility in your schedule and try and work with that. And then you can be honest with the recruiter. If they're truly interested in you um, and they're trying to schedule it, you know, right in the middle of a meeting that's really important for your work, they understand that you're employed. And I think it's okay to say, I'm actually in an incredibly important meeting at work at that time. I, I don't want to disrespect my current employer. Is there any way we can do it at this time or at this hour? And honestly, I think it shows that you're loyal to whomever you work for, and that's actually a very good quality. So that's not something to shy away from bringing up. You can also, because they know you're employed, if recruiters are really interested, oftentimes they will be a bit more flexible with doing something early in the morning or later in the day. I wanted to switch gears to during uh, some best practices for during the actual phone interview. If you go out and search, like we've been talking about Google searches and, and different aspects there, you can go out and say, what are the you know, most important questions that I'm going to be asked? And you try to nail down that perfect response or you see so many responses that tell you how to answer those questions. But at a certain point, do you sound rehearsed or robotic when you do that? I mean, how, again, do you yes. balance that where you, you sound like yourself, but you also give or provide a very professional answer? One thing I'd point out is that if you are looking for that list of questions, go to topresume.com. We actually have a really nice checklist uh, to help you prepare for the interview process, and it has a list of questions, um, the ones that you should be asking as well as the ones you should be preparing for, and that's at topresume.com. In terms of preparation, I don't believe that there is such a thing as the perfect answer. And if you're in search of the perfect answer, you will 100% not sound authentic and you will sound like a robot or rehearsed and employers can see right through that. I've interviewed hundreds of people and I've left an interview saying, well, they answered everything right, but there's something off. It just sounded like they were repeating something they had memorized. Right. Mm -hmm. I never want that. So the way that I look at it is that you take those common questions that you think you're going to be asked. Also look on Glassdoor to see if there's any information about the company and the questions they tend to ask. If you know anyone in your network who's worked for the company, tap into them and see if they have any insights for you. But once you have that list of questions, I recommend just kind of brainstorming out how you would answer it. And then don't write out a full answer. Give yourself a couple key words to remind yourself of what you want to bring up. What's the key message you're trying to get across? Don't actually write out a paragraph that you're trying to memorize. Instead, give yourself a couple bullets you want to hit when you answer that, and then rehearse it a few times. You can talk to a mirror. You can record yourself on your phone. You can have a friend ask you the questions. You can work with a professional who will do a mock interview with you and record it and give it to you with feedback. But I recommend re um, rehearsing it so you feel comfortable, but so you're not necessarily ever memorizing a specific script. You're just remembering a couple key points that you've decided, these are the things I want to make sure I bring up when I answer this type of question. So we do get asked some very 
common questions. You know, what's your greatest weakness is one example. How do you sound original in your answers? Because certainly you just talked about doing hundreds of interviews and I'm not saying your eyes glaze over when you hear the rehearsed responses, but I'm a people person. Exactly. Exactly. So you're there with them, but how does someone stand out from the crowd? What, what response can they provide or what advice would you give someone so they can be memorable in their responses? I think it's all about storytelling. And I know that's kind of a phrase that gets used quite frequently these days, but it does hold some truth. There is a lot of power in the ability to tell a good story. And so when you're asked a question like, what's your greatest weakness? Or if you could ask any of those behavioral based questions where it's tell me about a time when you blah, 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 whatever that might be. Um, the best way to approach that is what I call the star approach. It's a very standard or the star method, um, S-T-A-R, and it stands for you're going to describe a situation or a task. You're then going to explain the actions you took to solve the problem at hand and then explain what are the results of that? How did you improve the situation? Now, it may not sound like that actually works for what's your greatest weakness, but it does. When you think about your greatest weakness, um, you want it to be something that's work-related. Don't talk about a fear of heights if your job has nothing to do with the fear of heights. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you want to talk about something real, but you never want to talk about something that's a critical requirement of the job. Actually, if one of the critical requirements of the job is one of your greatest weaknesses, you may want to reassess that role for yourself. Instead, you want to pick something that, hey, maybe it's you get really caught up in the minutia of the details of an assignment, and so sometimes you have trouble hitting deadlines. Or maybe it's your desk is always a disaster. You know where everything is, but everyone else around you is like, mm, you know, you want something that it's not critical to the role. And you also want it to be something where you've taken steps to improve it. How have, what have you done to overcome that weakness? Because the story you're telling is that I'm self-aware. I'm aware that I have this one quirk or thing that can impact my work. And these are the steps I've taken to minimize that risk or to reduce that quirk. And, and here's what I've learned as a result. And, and it's authentic because it's you. It's your story. So think about what are those things. For me, it is always hitting deadlines. I get caught up in the little details. And so um, I'm one who gives myself false deadlines so that I always am working towards a deadline earlier than when it's really due so that I know I will always deliver on time. And I've seen a lot of success with that. I figured out that this is my personal weakness, but I found a way to get around it so that I'm not disrupting other people's work. And that's a great way to talk about it because it shows yourself aware and it shows that you are dedicated to improving yourself. Mm -hmm. Now, as, a, as this phone interview winds down, there's always that inevitable question from the employer uh, where they say, what questions do you have for me? And you don't want to be that person who has no questions whatsoever. Right. So... How do you follow that up? What are some key questions that you should ask the interviewer? I think it's always important to ask, what are the three most important qualities you're looking for in the person who will take this job on? Um, another way you can look at that or ask that question is, you know, if I were to be hired for this job, if I was to accept this position or if you were to offer this job to me, what would you want me to do or how would you 
gauge my success within the first six months, the first year? What are the things that you would expect me to accomplish or the results you'd expect me to achieve to say that I'm doing my job well? Those types of questions give you more insight into what are they really looking for in the candidate and you know what are both the qualifications as well as maybe some of those softer th skills that aren't showing up on the job description or haven't been mentioned yet. It's a really great way for you to better understand the role and then it also will help you position yourself as the qualified person for, for that um, organization. I think it's also, depending on who you're talking to, if it's a third-party recruiter, an agency, um, this wouldn't work. But if you're talking to somebody who works directly for the organization, I'd ask, you know, how long have you been there? What do you like about working there? Um, you know, how would you describe the company culture? Um, all of these questions show that you're actually really interested in being a part of their company and their team. You're interested in learning truly what are they looking for. It shows a genuine interest, which always goes a long way. And frankly, that information is going to help you decide if it's the right job for you as well. Um, there are two other things I'd probably throw on that list. And granted, you're not going to ask all of these. You'll pick one or two, but you want to have a few you know, in your pocket, and then you can use the others for your face-to-face -face interviews. But I think it's also important to say, you know, what, is a, what does an average day look like for someone who takes on this role? Or if it's one of those roles where it's going to vary day-to-day, -day, what would an average week look like? You may get more specific about the role. If it says travel, you may say, you know, on average, how much am I traveling? So look for specific details in the role that you genuinely like to know a little bit more about. The one thing I would avoid is, what would you pay me? Even though they throw it out at you and they wanna know how much you wanna make, I'd stay, I'd shy away from the question, how much are you looking to pay this person? Because it sends the wrong message. The last question I definitely ask are, what are the next steps? If you ask nothing else, though I encourage you to ask at least one other question, I would say, what are the next steps? Um, when should I follow up with you? You always want to get ahead of what's coming next, and it will also help you gauge how interested they are in you. You know, How far along are you in, in, in the process of hiring someone for this role right now, and what are the next steps from here? Now, there are mistakes that get made in a phone interview. So are there some common ones that people can avoid uh, as they get ready to make that call? 100%. I think the phone, the biggest challenge there is making sure you are in a quiet setting, making sure you have um, the right equipment that they can hear you. Um, if it's a phone interview, and I know a lot of people don't have landlines anymore, but if you do have a landline, you might want to try and use that for the call if you know exactly when it's going to be scheduled and you can be at home for that because that will avoid any type of connection issues typically. Um, if you are going to be on your cell phone, you want to test um, speaker versus upright close to your face to make sure that the audio is great. You want to pick a quiet place. That's something that's important. You don't want a lot of background noise. I remember interviewing someone, and it was he was very clearly in the middle of a park playing with his kids, and he wasn't caught off guard. He knew this call was coming. <laughs> okay. It's just not, right. you know, couldn't he couldn't give me his attention because he was watching his children. And, I am a mother and I completely get it, but you need to make other arrangements because I want to know that you're actually interested in the role and I really want to talk to you. And so I think that's important to keep in mind. Also, just make the biggest mistake other people make is not treating it like it's a real interview. For a phone interview, even if you're not going to see me, I dress up. 
I put on I put on a nice outfit as if I was going into the office. Why? Because I sit up straighter when I do that. I feel more confident. And that confidence is going to be conveyed over the phone. You want to make sure that you're in interview mindset so that you take it seriously and so that that comes across when you're on the phone. Okay. Now, the third part of the interview is the the section after the interview, what is the best practice? Just what should you do after the interview as far as following up, as far as a thank you letter? I, what are those best practices? I recommend sending a follow-up note, and I'm using note liberally for a reason, but a follow-up note about 24 hours to one business day after you've spoken to the individual. I would say 24 hours. So if you talk to him on a Friday, try and get that that email out the next day. Email is the most popular form and it's widely accepted by most employers. If you, and I normally do that for a phone interview. If you hit the face-to-face, then I think it's, oh, should I send, should I send the paper or should I, you know, the snail mail or should I go email? And you might consider one or both of those options. But I think for a phone interview, you're safe unless you know something about that company and you've dug a little deeper into the culture, just shoot off a short email that's thanking the person for their time, reiterating uh, why you believe you're qualified for the role. So just kind of summarizing those high-level qualities again and reiterating that you're genuinely interested in it. Because I didn't mention this before, that, but that is one of the mistakes. Because you're not face-to-face, because you can't make eye contact, they can't see your hand motions and body language, you have to convey your energy, your confidence, and your genuine interest in the role all through your voice. And that's something to keep in mind. You wanna make sure, they can't see when you're nodding your head. So make sure that you're making affirmative noises mm -hmm, when they're saying something. Make sure you reiterate, this sounds really interesting to me, um, because you don't want your interest in the role to ever be a question, assuming you are are interested in it. Um, So I think those are the things you wanna do in terms of a follow-up. And then when it comes to after that, When it's a phone screen, I think that's about it. You can follow up about a week after your initial um, message to see if there's been, you know, any change or any movement in um, their pursuit for the right candidate. Um, And after that, with a phone screen, I think it's pretty much, ah, let it go. What are any last thoughts you may have? Because people have, they're interested in that job and and they want to put their best foot forward. Is there any last advice you'd want to give them to help them nail the job or, or provide the best opportunity to do that? I think when all the skill sets are even between candidates, the person who seems most genuinely interested in the role and becoming a member of the team is typically the person who gets the job. So keep that in mind. I think it's really important to remember that interviewing is a two-way street and you're not only going in there to act as a politician, so to speak, and sit there and reiterate why you're qualified for this role, but also treat it as though you were a consultant looking to take on a project and ask the questions that will help you decide if this is the right position for you. And I think the more you can learn about the company culture and understand kind of what they um, value and, you know, what's the vibe at that organization, the more you understand that and can convey that you seem to be a good cultural fit for that, the better off you are. Because you can have the best skill set in the world, but if you don't mesh with the team, it's not going to be a successful fit. Okay. Well, Amanda, this has been a pleasure and and just opened up a whole world of uh, ideas for people who are out there looking for jobs. 
Thanks so much for joining us today. My pleasure, Daniel. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks again to Amanda for those insights. MGMA members can access more resources on this and many other topics on the resources page on MGMA.com. In addition, Career Pathways is the most convenient and effective way to take your next step in the medical practice field. MGMA works directly with numerous hospitals, private practices, and healthcare facilities across America. If you're looking to take this next step, you can browse thousands of job openings in MGMA's job board today at mgma.com forward slash find job. I'm Daniel Williams, and thanks again for listening to the MGMA podcast.